Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Hey, and welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills, and Armin and I have another great show for you today. Today, we're going to be talking about Program 5 from Vince Garanda's Master Series, and does being in a calorie deficit cause 100% fat loss? Hmm. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, Armin, Episode 40 today. What's going on? Yeah, well, just keep keep working at it. Things keep happening. So hopefully the content's getting where people want it to be and uh, we're, it's helping them out. So that's the key thing. Gotta well, we definitely... I did... I, did, uh, I was just going to say, yeah. I my legs yesterday and did like two-second pauses at the end and then <laughs> pushed up the, the weight. Whew. Man, I tell you, just changing it up like that really can make a difference. Legs are incredibly sore. <laughs> You're feeling it today. Well, hopefully what uh, we talk about today can make an impact to somebody. We do appreciate, just to let everybody know, NSP appreciates, Arm and I appreciate you watching or listening to the show. Uh, it does mean a lot, and uh, we, we always look forward to doing it every week. Armin works hard preparing a lot of the content. You know, he's uh, out there just working hard trying to do that, so... Uh, let's talk about program five from the Vince Garanda Master Series, Armin. Um, what's involved in program five? Well, at this point, Vince is still continued to just make what I would consider some simple changes, but mm -hmm. I can kind of I can kind of see where he's coming from on it um, when he's doing it. So we're going to elaborate more on that. Well, there had to be a program four to get to five, so. From program four, what kind of changes uh, should we expect here? So, like I mentioned, they were fairly simple changes. So, one thing to keep in mind, he, he still stays with the triple split. So, you're mm -hmm. still going to do with the workout regimen. You're going to do lats, pecs, and delts for day one. And then day two is going to be arms, which is tricep, biceps, and forearms. And mm -hmm. then day three is going to be the lower body, the legs. Uh, but what he's doing here, he's going to add in more exercises to, again, make the training more intense and increase them in volume. So, hmm. Okay. All right. So what about sets and reps? So on the sets and reps, he still stays at eight reps with this regimen, mm -hmm. uh, except for the lower body. He likes to, he likes to stay at 12 to 20, 12 for the, for the legs. I mean, you can still do eight, but he does mention using 12 reps on some different exercises. And then calves, mm -hmm. he likes to stay around 20. Uh, but the difference is here um, is you're going to do four or five, what he calls bonus reps. Okay. So these hmm. are concentric, okay. contra concentric contractions is what he calls them. So basically positive movements where you're kind of getting into more partial movements. And so that's where you're going to push yourself a lot more. But then on the last partial movement, Whatever you can do, he wants you to do a negative on that last rep and just bite it all the way down. Of course, when you're doing that, that's going to require somebody to have a have a spotter or have right. equipment where, you know, if it's a machine, it doesn't really matter. 
but that's the thing you got to kind of take into place when you're going to do that negative. And, you know, he kind of put in there, do it as hard as you can, and as long as you can withstand the pain, mm-hmm. uh, cause he felt like this is going to really um, be a real benefit. Uh, but he just did that on the, the last exercise, you know, the last set of the exercise at the very end. Uh, but what he does add here, he's going to add in more exercises. Uh, and it's it's going to be end up being one set for those additional exercises he's adding in. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so what do we expect and what were the exercises for day one? So for day one, he starts out with... Um, you know, we're going to do the back. So he's going to do a standing 90, 90 degree racing dive short pull. That's what he calls it. Uh, which okay. is, you know, I've done them. They're pretty effective. Uh, it helps with the terrace majors. Some of the things you like about that. And then you're going to do a high bench to dumbbell rowing motion, um, which, you know, he goes into detail about how to set that up. You have to elevate the flat bench so that you have enough clearance to bring the dumbbells up. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you're going to do high bench laterals. Again, to work the uh, middle part of the back when you're bringing the arms out. And then you're going to do a front and back pull down. So, you know, pull downs behind the neck get a lot of bad press because of, um, you know, can, it can affect the shoulder joint because you're coming in behind. You're, you're, you're in the pinch in the joint. But hmm. one thing that is interesting okay. with his front and back approach, when he does a pull down, he pulls to the lower part of the pec line. So where the nipple line is just below that. So you want to arch your back when you do the front part of the pull down. But when he does the back part, he's actually not going to, you're just, you're going to keep the arch in your back. So it may not, it, to me, it looked like it doesn't pinch nearly as bad if you just did it strictly behind the neck straight up and down. So I kind of see what he meant by that. So gotcha. that was uh, also hmm. kind of cool on that. Interesting. So that Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then what, on to the pecs? Yeah, so with the pecs, he starts out with a dumbbell incline press, and he kind of like to use neutral grip when he does presses. And mm-hmm. then he goes to the neck bench press um, with a block uh, under the end of the flat bench um, so that you get a little bit of an incline, because he doesn't like a big incline. I, I got to agree with him on that. It's not really necessary. Mm-hmm. And then you do some V-bar di- half dips is what he calls it. Uh, and if you're pretty strong, you can use a belt to add more weight. But the uh, V-bar half dips, so you're going to come down halfway, then right back up and contract. And then you finish that off with the barbell decline pullover press, So, which is kind of a unique movement. Uh, you're going to mm-hmm. use a 10-inch block that you put under the bench, on the other end of the bench, and use a slightly narrow shoulder-width grip when you're doing the uh, barbell decline pullover press. So okay. Then, unfortunately, with these, we don't, we're not able to show you the exact movements, but that's something we'd like to do down the road. So, you know, kind of bear with us. We're just kind of describing the movements, and but you can look them up, especially in the master series. He has a detail, a lot of details of these movements. Okay. And Armin, just as a, a little quick thought that I had, or more of a question, uh, how, how important is a belt if you're working out like this? Uh, you know, I see a lot of people don't use one. Is it something that you kind of recommend or exactly how do you feel about that? Well, you got, you got a lot of viewpoints on that too. When you're, mm-hmm. when you're doing it, some people feel like you don't want to use a belt because you're, you're going to make the core weaker by using a belt. Um, but 
there's also new science that states that by having a belt helps give you better stability and still gives you good core workout. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's a personal preference. I typically use a belt for, I have two belts. I have a thin belt that I use for like row movements and other things. So I have some additional support. But then if I'm going to do something like deadlifts and heavy squats, then I have a big, thick powerlifting belt because it it's phenomenal to keep your spine straight up and down. And it just allows you to, to use more weight with your, your muscles because of the way it protects you. So mm-hmm. again, you just have to kind of play with it. But like, I don't use a belt for I'm doing dumbbell presses and stuff like that. But if I'm doing mm-hmm. back movements where I'm bent over, then I, I use that thin belt. The reason I use a thin belt is because it doesn't pinch my sides. The powerlifting Absolutely. belt, you bend over, it's going to start to pinch your sides and also starts pushing on your rib cage. Mm-hmm. So that's a couple of things you want to keep in mind there. But um, okay. it's, a, it's a judgment call. I would say if you have back problems, probably should use it on def- definitely on your back movements or anything you're kind of bent over with or mm-hmm. squat, squat movements and uh, any kind of a deadlift movement. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for that. Okay. So on to the delts. So this one, you know, this he's going to start with the, what we call supine lateral raise on the incline bench. So mm-hmm. it's kind of an unusual exercise. But, um, you know, you're face up and you're going to take the dumbbells out wide. So it kind of resembles uh, a fly movement. Mm-hmm. The way he's doing it, he has a little bit of an angle there to hit those delts. So that's enough. So, again, that's just dumbbell supine, which means face up, lateral on incline bench. So you're inclined to get the shoulders. After okay. that, he likes to do the dumbbell upright row. And you know, his upright rows are kind of different than what you typically see with other people. And then he goes to the Scott press. That's just using dumbbells, pressing a specific way like Larry Scott used to do. And so, again, there's different versions of that. And then you finish up with prone, laying face down, dumbbell laterals, which basically works your rear delts. So that that would be it for the delts. Now, again, you're going to do one set of eight reps, and you're going to do six or four to six partials, as he would put it, of positive movements. And then one final negative on that last ex- last movement, just to really see if you could fire off anything left in the muscles. So keep that in mind. So you're going to do, again, one one set with the dumbbell supine lateral as an example. Then, you, then you're going to rest and go right to the next one, which is dumbbell upright row. And then you're going to go through the Scott press. So this workout can take a little longer, but he still had you, you know, keep the rest period fairly short. You're just going to be working that exercise to the maximum failure. Okay. All right. So that's the end of day one. We go on to day two. Uh, we start with what, arms? Yeah. So he starts with the triceps, which makes sense since it's a bigger muscle group. And so he starts out with the 90, 90 degree uh, dumbbell mule kickback, which is basically a simple movement. You bend over and you're going to kick the triceps back with the dumbbells. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that kind of isolates. Then you go to the barbell pullover press, which is another great exercise. It's a two, two-part movement. Then you go to two dumbbell pullovers, which you got to really focus on that when you're doing them. And then a reverse bench push-up. So in other words, it's a dip where you, you have your hands behind you and you're going to do a, a dip behind you on a bench. So you mm-hmm. have your feet on the floor or you can have your feet on another bench. You can use two benches, but again, you're just focusing on the triceps from there. All right, so that's triceps. Uh, I guess now the biceps are next. Yeah, so with that, he starts with 
two-arm uh, dumbbell preacher curls. And so he likes to twist those over the shoulders when he comes all the way up. That was some of the things he highlighted. Uh, mm-hmm. Then he goes to the barbell drag curl. So, you know, that would be pretty tough doing the two-arm dumbbell preacher and then going to the drag. Then after the drag curl, and again, it's a barbell drag curl. Then he's going to go to the 90-degree bent uh, over peak curl, which is another isolation to isolate the biceps. And then after that, um, the overhead pull down behind the head. So you're going to do actually pull downs that you would do for your back, but you're going to curl the bar down behind your head with a, with a pull down cable. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was different, which you know, I've done that exercise. It's, it's very effective as well. <laughs> Get a great okay. stretch and a great contraction. So we've done triceps and biceps. What about the forearms? With that, it's just, he starts out with bum, uh, barbell forearm curl. It's, mm-hmm. That's pretty straightforward. Then he does the Zotman curl with dumbbells. Now, the way Vince liked to do Zotman curls, he would alternate one arm at a time, what, the way he would do them. And then <clears throat> after that, he would go to the barbell reverse curl, which you're just going to curl with your hands facing down. And then the thumb up hammer curl uh, to, to finish off with that. So that would take care of mm-hmm. the, uh, the forearms. But you know the hammer curl does affect the uh, the bicep, the brachis muscle as well. Quite a workout. Uh, okay, so day three, um, I guess what we're going to legs. Yeah. So with that, okay. he starts out with the quads, and uh, interesting, he starts out with the uh, burlesque bump, which is a different version of it. He has two versions of sissy squats. Mm-hmm. Um, so he starts out with that one. It's the second sissy squat movement, as he would call it. Then you do wide plea squats, which is basically a frog squat. Mm-hmm. Now, what he did on the frog squat, he added one and a half rep range as part of that. So that could be pretty rough. You come down halfway up and all the way down and back up, down halfway up, all the way down and back up. So and I've done one and a half rep ranges and they're, they're rough. So I could see where that would be pretty challenging. So after that, then he goes to decline dumbbell leg curl work the hamstrings and then he finishes off with what he called single one half fencer lunge fencers lunge and okay. all this really is is you're going to do a lunge um with like dumbbells or you can use a barbell you can use either one he didn't really stipulate on that but um you're going to stay on one leg and you come down halfway up right back down halfway up to keep the constant tension on that leg and he, he focused on doing 12 reps on each leg. So he hmm. used enough weight to just barely get those 12 reps um, for that. So you do one leg, and then after, you, after that, you switch to the other leg. And that's kind of rough because you're going to be out of breath. So you always want to make sure you're yeah. focused on your weak, weak side when you're doing a single limb movement like that. Start with your weak side. So if you're right-handed, it might make sense you start with your left leg out in front to start that lunge. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And then for calves, calves were like donkey raises, which you don't see anymore, but uh, they have, they have made machines that simulate the donkey calf raise, but typically the donkey calf raise is somebody sitting on, on your back and, you know, where your low part of your back is, you mm-hmm. sit on that and you'd have a block underneath your feet and you just, you do the reps pressing up with that weight on your back. Uh, so that was one movement. Then 45 degree uh, toe leg press was another one for the calves. Then he had the whole worth toe raise. And that one's kind of hard to explain, but that was another part. And then he would finish off with extra heavy set of burnout reps 
<clears throat> with uh, your calves uh, as as part of the uh, uh, total leg workout. Wow, that, that seems like uh, a pretty thorough and intense workout. Uh, I'm kind of mm -hmm. curious, Armin, how, how long should you do this routine for uh, under this plan? <clears throat> okay, so again, he doesn't really state that um, with when he sets up the program. So I think it's probably mm -hmm. something he kind of manages how you do. So with it, uh, I would probably do a 12 to 16 week uh, period, depending on how you respond. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're making great gains, you know, obviously you want to go as long as you can because you're you make great gains. But if you're starting to get bored with it, it's not you're not getting the effects you want. That's when you want to go to another change up. <clears throat> so that's program five from the master series. Uh, any final thoughts, Armin, as we wrap up? Yeah. So when you're doing these routines, one of the things that come to mind for me is. Um, you know, your progress is going to go well, but there may be some, uh, you know, when you start doing the routine in the exact same order all the time, that starts to affect you mentally. So my thought would be, as you get used to it, start changing up the order of the exercises. Maybe reverse the entire order instead of starting with uh, the one movement that he starts with, go from the bottom and go the other direction. So that would also stimulate another effect and also make it more uncertain about how it's going to affect you. So I think that'd mm -hmm. be a good way just to kind of change things up, you know, um, and you would probably look, maybe do that after three or four weeks of just doing the same exact routine. Just my thoughts. Well, and if you're interested in trying out program five from the master series, that's available on nspnutrition.com, right, Armin? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right, well, that's program five from the Master Series. Check it out on nspnutrition.com. And Arm and I are going to take a quick break, so stand by for a quick word from NSP Nutrition, and we will be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And hey, before we get into the calorie deficit and if it can cause fat loss or 100% fat loss, uh, we want to talk about vitamin D3. Uh, you know, a lot of people, when they talk about different vitamins and supplements, they don't realize, I guess, how important that they really are. And vitamin D3 is one of the most important that you can take, right, Armin? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the biggest problem a lot of people have is they get deficient in vitamin D3 because they don't get enough sunlight. And even if you get enough sunlight, sometimes you don't absorb as much as you need. And vitamin D3 is critical for your immune system, which is really important these days, and also helps your hormones. So you definitely want to get plenty of it. One thing to keep in mind when you do take vitamin D3, I really recommend you have that with fat because it is a fat-soluble vitamin. So if you want to absorb it mm -hmm. as well as you can, have some fat in it. Then there's some other people that feel like, well, you need to take K vitamin K2 with it. That's kind of that's kind of debatable because you do get mm -hmm. to in a lot of other areas, but um, uh, just keep that in mind when you're taking your your supplement. 
Well, it's available right now on nspnutrition.com, so check that out and get your vitamin D3 today. That being said, let's move on to, does being in a calorie deficit cause 100% fat loss? That's a good question. Sounds like a pretty interesting topic, Armin. Um, You know, do you think that, that, or I guess I'll ask the question. Just to be in a calorie deficit, you know, to lose weight, is this something that, that, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, I have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight? I mean, is that what you're saying? Yeah, Al. So let's put it this way. Whenever you, you talk to somebody that feels like they know something or they're trying to be helpful, mm-hmm. uh, and, this, and I learned this in a lot of different groups I'm involved with, everybody's go-to answer is just being a calorie deficit and that takes care of everything. And that's, that's not true. Okay. Being a calorie deficit is obviously important, but you know, this is what the, the nutrition gurus want to tell you. It's all about the calorie deficit. And then it's, so it's calories in calories out. And that's just how it works. And you're going to get great results from it. <laughs> yeah. I got a friend of mine like that. He, he's all about the calories calories and cardio yet he's struggling with weight loss and there you go but he he actually believes in it so okay so regarding your thoughts for calories in calories out okay so believe me you do need to be in a calorie deficit to lose body fat i mean that's a that's a basically solid statement okay no no problem with that the thing is is um you need to, if you're looking to lose, are you looking to lose body fat? Or are you looking to lose weight? Because that's another element to calories in and calories out strategy. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. It sounds like there's a difference between the two. Can can you explain that? Well, there's definitely a difference. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, just losing body weight uh, is, is a lot different than losing body fat. And this is something that's, again, to me, the most frustrating thing I have to deal with with people uh, because they, they think, well, that's just, that's how it all works. And, you know, losing weight uh, is comprised of losing water weight, losing uh, your burn off excess carbohydrates that you ate too many of. Uh, and then, unfortunately, the when you do it, the, if you're just doing a, a total calorie deficit, you can lose muscle. And who wants to do that? That's that's really right. what you're trying to accomplish. And then finally, uh, after you, after the body's cannibalizing everything, then you, you may lose some body fat once the insulin drops down. Hmm. So you're saying that if someone eats carbs throughout the day and their insulin is elevated, that's the process that they're going to lose carbs so they won't burn any fat? Is that what you're saying? Well, you're, you're, when insulin's elevated, you're not going to burn any fat because you're working off the, the quick energy of carbs and sugars. So you don't burn any fat, and this is a fact, until the insulin drops down and is not available. Then, and the body needs it, it'll, it has to figure out what to do to have more energy. So then I'll need to start pulling from the, the fat cell, which will be ketones and start to flow, you know, become... Uh, yeah, more more available. It, 
is that why low carb diets work so well? Exactly. Because you don't have insulin involved. Insulin stays low gotcha. and out of the way. And this is what um, is really confusing to people because they think, okay, well, I'm doing calories, cal- calories in and calories out. I've lost some weight, but I'm also, you know, my strength's not good. All right? my, mm-hmm. my skin's, I'm not firm. And so I feel like I'm losing muscle. My energy started to drop down too. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what happens. And so it's, it's, um, it's really uh, frustrating from somebody like me when I can, I, I know what the problem is, but they're listening to the mainstream media and these other nutrition people that want to preach about just calories in and calories out. And you're just eating too much and you're not eating it. You know, you eat too much. And so it's, it's all on you. And then people on the struggle bus trying to figure out what, why is it not working? Mm-hmm. So they don't even talk about insulin. So. so if somebody is in a calorie deficit that is low carb, are they more likely to burn fat, Armin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because you're using fat as your main source of energy now and not depending on the, the insulin being elevated to have to use sugars and carbs with the quick energy. So mm-hmm. the beauty of that is when you're burning fat as your main source of energy, and there's going to be people in to argue. So it's kind of frustrating. But the reality is, if you've done it, like me, and I've done it with my clients, it works because now you're when you burn fat as your main source of energy, it also mm-hmm. spares muscle. You don't need to break down muscle as much. I mean, it's possible you could break down some muscle, but it's less likely. So when right, it comes to right. nutrition and like getting ready for a contest, this is one of the techniques I use is I don't worry about carbohydrate intake. Okay. I'm worried about my protein and fat intake, but mm-hmm. I will use some car. I use my carbs strategically. That's why I do carb cycling. That's a whole nother discussion. So what we're just talking about here is understanding being a calorie deficit. Are you really losing body fat? Are you losing muscle and other, other weight? All right, so let's let's go in another direction. What if someone's on a high carb, low calorie deficit? High carb, low fat uh, calorie deficit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, well, I've done that too, and that's the okay. most popular one you see with bodybuilders and you know celebrities and you know people we've talked about about how the celebrities. Oh yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah. And so yeah, you can do that. Absolutely. And you can still get some, you can get results, but here's, here's what, here's how you have to do it. If you're going to do a low fat, basic carb and protein diet, then this mm-hmm. typically requires you to have five to six meals a day to maintain your energy levels. So you got insulin floating around all the time. Okay. Which long-term is shown to be not a good thing to do. Uh, so when you're doing that, now you got to manage all your carb intake so that you don't get into, especially for training and energy and stuff, so that you don't get too carb depleted because once you get carb depleted, the body's going to start to need more glucose mm-hmm. and that's where it can start to you know, cannibalize itself. So, uh, so I'm kind of curious exactly why, why is that, Armin? Well, the theory is on these five to six five to seven meals a day is uh-huh. you're gonna, every time you, every time you eat, you're going to uh, increase your metabolism to digest the food, especially okay. with protein. And I get that. Okay. But when you start looking at the, the, uh, the amount of extra calories you're burning from just eating a meal, it's not, it, it's not a big deal. 
mm-hmm. but it sounds it sounds really good. Yeah, they don't tell you that you know, you might burn 50, 50 maybe a hundred more calories with each meal. Okay, that's your max. So they don't really right, get into right. that. But it sounds good to say, I'll burn extra calories because I'm having another meal. So that's one thing. So they're using that to say it speeds up your metabolism. Um, but then when your glucose gets low and you're and depending on uh, having energy, you're going to need to eat again. And so gotcha. I've been through this. I've done this, uh, just like they've said, because I think everybody in bodybuilding has probably done it. But I also could tell when I'm not getting my meals in regularly, I can just feel my muscle and, and strength not being as good. So if I don't get a meal in, I start getting pretty edgy, cranky. And the thing is, at the end of the day, how sustainable is it to have five to seven meals a day and try to work and raise a family? I'm just amazed. But people are doing it. I would say they're not doing it great, but they are doing it. Now, there are some Mm. people that probably do it textbook. But at the end of the day, I I like the other process that Vince came up with because it burns fat uh, much more effectively, in my opinion. All right. So what happens? One other, yeah. one other thing I want to say is because the yeah. insulin is so elevated, you're not going to burn any fat. So you have to have a low fat diet because you're not going to burn any fat. And that's another reason why these people have to do cardio all the time, burn off the excess uh, carbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was going to ask the question. So what happens if you go into a calorie deficit eating all carbs? Okay, so your, your, your body, as it gets low on, on carbohydrates, if you don't get enough, then it can convert some of the muscle into glucose, in, which is done through breaking down muscle. And when it converts it, when it breaks down muscle, it makes it into amino acids. And so this happens via the liver. So then the liver takes these amino acids that are floating around, and then that'll convert it to glucose. It's a process called gluconeogenesis. So that's how you can lose muscle tissue. Mm. And you don't keep your carbohydrate intake uh, consistent. So that's one of the things that, uh, you know, when I learned about it, that made a lot of sense because I've seen people literally just start losing muscle doing this process mm-hmm. because they didn't get enough. They didn't have the carb timing where it needed to be. And it's also hard to lose body fat because, you know, you're eating all these carbs. And if you get any extra, it goes right to the fat cell, okay, until you, until you, burn, until you burn off the excess. So does that mean you, that you're burning muscle for energy? Yeah, that's the whole point. So oh, goodness. You have a better chance of burning muscle for energy than if you're just doing a uh, protein, a high protein, high fat type of a nutrition program. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't spare muscle. If it needs it, it's going to use muscle, break it down uh, to do what it needs to do. So, you know, I mean, who, who wants that? And all that just to, and you're going to get that from being a calorie deficit. If you're eating, if you're just, if you're cutting the calories back and your body's getting low on energy because you cut your calories back, then the body's got to start making some sacrifices and how it's going to keep your energy level up. And that's the thing I wanted to really highlight here. So even though you're in a deficit and you're losing some weight, doesn't mean you're losing body fat. So if your focus is body fat, you need to rethink your strategy. Uh, unless mm-hmm. you want to do the five to seven meals a day and do 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 that kind of strategy, I mean, you can absolutely do that. But I'm not doing it, and I don't right, recommend right. it to my clients at all. So that's just me. <laughs> well, you know, Armin, I've heard you talk about a lot of different things, and you've even brought up the calories. You know, if you eat a thousand calories of like vegetables or a thousand calories of chips, there is a difference. 
between oh, those yeah. two. Yeah. So absolutely agree with you. Well, as we wrap up, any final thoughts? Yeah, I just want to, again, the key takeaway here is no, if you're looking to lose body fat, do not think just being in a calorie deficit is going to, is going to solve it all. And that's what people are going to tell you uh, all over the place. Because if you just do anything, anything in social media to oppose you're trying to lose some weight, that that's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. I mean, they're going to be hitting you left and right. And it's, it's unfortunately it's misleading and people get really confused. So, um, you know, as Vince would say, because he, he studied all this as well. You need to, you must eat fat to burn fat. And we know what kind of results that he got his people. So. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've heard you say several times, if you want the results that you want, your nutrition has to be rock yeah. solid. It's the foundation of what you're trying to do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> absolutely well armin thanks again for all the great information another great show um man and you know we couldn't be able and we wouldn't be able to do a lot of these things without the input and feedback that we get from our our viewers and our listeners right yeah yes we really appreciate it uh-huh i hope you guys are getting some good takeaways from this as well and if you have any suggestions, comments, uh, you have a topic you'd like Armin and I to cover, please contact us. You can either comment in the YouTube section below under the show, or you can email us. The email is support at nspnutrition.com. And uh, we look forward to that content. I know Armin's on there, you know, taking a look. And, and Armin, we got some pretty cool comments here the last week about the shows, right? Yeah, and again, we really appreciate it. It's awesome, yeah. That means a lot. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And uh, you can join Armin and I next week for a brand new episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP Show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP Show at the checkout. Catch you next time.